Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Coach Nut here. We're all C-U-C-K-S coaches under Christ's kingdom. And you're listening to Land Sharks After Dark. Now here are your hosts, Justin and John. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark. What do we say here? I'm not sure. It's been it's been quite a bit. I don't really know how to do this anymore, but I am Justin Sanders. I have John Stefanchik with me. Um, it is the end of the offseason for football, 2021. It is our second year of COVID football. And, uh, yeah, we're here. Another year, John. What's up, man? Doing good. Been busy. I know you've been busy. A lot of professionally for us everything's been busy going well we uh i guess we lost we lost a little steam in the spring <laughs> kermit davis would uh uh-huh. would do that um right. hope everybody right. enjoyed the new intro and uh would like to also congratulate keith carter on being a on being a cuck for the whole mike bianco situation we went through cla- <laughs> classic bianco season and lsu hoodwinks us i actually met a guy met a guy from baton rouge in a bar up here a couple weeks ago we got to talking and about two minutes in i look at him and i go so i just want to say for the record fuck you and fuck lsu for not hiring mike bianco and he literally spit a part of his beer out he was laughing so hard at that so we uh we we got that we kind of that's about as much as i wanted to mention that but you're now you know, up to date. well here, here i was thinking i well i guess that's a good segue because i wanted to look and see let me look on my podcast app when was the last time we because did we even do baseball this past year i gotta be honest i mean this is year hold on hold on we can we can do this our first episode was the peach bowl or tcu beat Ole miss so bad right so would that have been that yeah. would have been January 2015? So we're going on five and a half years now, if my math is correct. Yeah, December second. We haven't even recorded this year, I don't think. Is that right? Is wait, it, I want to get that right. Hold on, the Peach Bowl that was January 2014, right? That was the end of the, January, December, end of 14. So it'd be basically New Year's yeah. of 15. Okay, that's what I thought. So, so this is six and a half years. Yeah, wow. 20 yeah yeah six and a half years yeah so forgive us for going on hiatus every now and then john's right december 2nd 2020 appears to be the last time we released an episode um and this is is again wait and then let's i think some episodes maybe are are they're out of order or something i don't know but yeah it looks like december 2nd 2020 would have been the last one I guess we did a few episodes during football last year. To John's point, yeah, I mean, as we've aged, priorities have shifted a little, I'd say. The show has always been here, but it was definitely different back when we first started it, something that maybe we 
did a little more frequently, but that's okay, right? It's just time to hang out with friends. and It's a hobby, and let's be honest, COVID, it's interesting. I found this with myself and several others that you would think with COVID and isolating, watching some kind of sports would be more appealing, but it seemed to – it was hard to get into it. One, fans not being in the building or partial capacity, no capacity. Watching a baseball game with nobody in it was was impossible. But just kind of – it just – it, for me, it felt like there's so much there was so much stuff going on that getting into sports was yeah I don't know to do with we you know we got to get you know we got to get a vaccine deployed we've got to yep. get people to uh, figure we got to figure out what's going on how to manage it well you know, I think part secondary of secondary and viewership dropped for sure um, we'll see how it comes back yeah but, I mean I think part of it also for us as Ole Miss fans is just a a mediocre basketball season that yep. at times threatened to get exciting and then never quite materialized. I like to think if Kermit did find his way into the tournament, which was a, a outside possibility in the second half of the season, but obviously didn't happen. We probably would have recorded an episode then. Then you get into the baseball season. It's just, it's just a classic Bianco season. Um, yep. You know, we already talked about that. We talked about all the drama at the end of the year. Um, from, of course, losing a Super Regional on the road, which is what you kind of expect. But then also, to John, John was talking about this, the possibility of LSU hiring Bianco. Obviously, they did not. Again, I think if Ole Miss had made it to Omaha, won that game in Arizona, that game three, or if Bianco had been replaced potentially by, you know, a candidate something as Dan McDonald, we probably would have recorded an episode then. Um, and then yeah. I, I, I kind of challenge your – your thing that it's COVID and sports. Cause I think if this is a Mississippi state podcast. We probably would be coming off the best sports year of our life right now. Right. I mean, they, they won a national championship for the first time in a team sport. I'm just, I think part of it is what we had to watch. And that is why we're talking now, John, because I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about year two of Lane Kiffin. I like the way he runs the program. I like the offense. We'll see about the defense, but Matt Corral is going to be really exciting this year. During an Ely, they have a good offensive line. I Last year was just, I mean, it was balls to the wall. It was out of control offense every game, the worst defense you've ever seen every game, constant shootouts. I mean, there was literally one game, and all SEC season. I mean, what that's, that's historical. When are we ever going to play 10 SEC games? Again, we aren't. Um, at least I guess we'll see. SC expansions happens since we last talked too, so we'll see. Um, but but it was a crazy season. I'm really excited for year two. We're here. Baseball is in the past. Not gonna think about baseball for the next uh, seven eight months. Not gonna think about basketball for quite a while. For me, it's like all attention on football. Louisville and Atlanta to open the season in less than two weeks. Now we're getting pretty close. Yeah. Uh, just want to quickly mention state and baseball to quote Brandon Walker of Barstool Sports and have the Mississippi State fan. I'd rather be nine and three than win a national championship in college baseball. It's great, but that's what's more important. So, you know, well, he, he said it before us. So, but anyway, congrats, congrats to state. They've been to Omaha three state three years in a row. They deserve it. They hoodwinked, uh, hoodwinked Ole Miss. Well, it is it's wanna, actually, do I do want to spend a minute acknowledging that before? No, we talk I, about I, you're right. You're right. That was I, I did the whole build up to football, but you're right. I would like to talk about it a little bit as well because it's it's very interesting. Because really, if you ask me, John Cohen has no idea what he's doing as an athletic director in every sport other than baseball. 
However, yep. however, he clearly knows the sport of college baseball. Chris Limonis, incredible hire, wins a natty in year two, right? I want to say, I'm pretty sure it's year two. Year two or three. Omaha year one and uh, natty year two. Nailed yeah. It. I mean, that is, that is awesome. The, the guy is the opposite of Bianco. He is a new school coach. He, he shifts. He does whatever the analytics say you got to do. He doesn't worry about the regular season nearly as much as the postseason, it would seem. Uh, kudos. And so it's interesting because basically I think every other hire Cohen has made uh, is a nightmare. Joe Moorhead, mm-hmm. Mike Leach, extending Howland. They lost the, you know, their previous shot at a team sport natty, the, the women's basketball coach, to Texas. So basically the question is going to be, and I think we're going to have our answer. I mean, I think I know the answer. But it's like, is winning big in baseball enough for Mississippi State to put up with all the rest of it? And, and you know, we'll see what happens with Leach this year. I have no faith in that hire. I think Mike Leach, Mississippi State, is – an insane move that doesn't make sense for either party. It makes sense for Leeds. He's making $5 million a year, but I don't think he wins there. Um, and, and last year, you know, we saw that. Um, they beat LSU and then completely fell the face of the earth for the middle part of the season. But it'll be interesting to see. That, that basically, we get to see, is winning in baseball enough that you're willing to give up the rest of your sports? And that's it's going to be interesting. I think I for them, the answer is yes, but – I don't think I mean schools would win would what you can win, right? They weren't gonna they're never gonna win the West, except for that one time with uh yeah. what's his face? You know what I'm talking about Jackie Jackie Sherrill. Went, went to Atlanta yeah. with the eight and five team. I mean that's yeah. that's awesome. Um okay, all right. So that kind of that kind of does segue us into football a little bit. Um we talked about Louisville, the opener in Atlanta here in not too many days. I want to say five, 11 days. We're recording this on August 26th. Uh, Ole Miss plays on Labor Day. I want it at 7 p.m., something like that, in Atlanta. I'm a little sad because, you know, live here in Houston, was planning on going to that Baylor game in Houston before COVID canceled that. That was going to be really fun. Pretty sure that team Kiffin had last year. I mean, they weren't world beaters. They could have beaten Baylor. That would have been a fun game to see. Um, yeah. You know, the way they came out and played against Florida in game one was really fun. It would have beaten a lot of lesser teams, and they, the offense kind of only got better from there. So, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, obviously not going to be in Atlanta, but hopefully a lot of people we know are. I'm sure Ole Miss will travel pretty well there. Um, going to be interesting this year to see how big the crowds are, actually. Um I feel like season ticket sales, from what I've read at least, have been a little underwhelming for Ole Miss with all the excitement around Kiffin. I think I think that's I think that's going to be a case in a lot of places. Well, especially in a place like Mississippi, right? I mean, right now in Mississippi, going to a public gathering is pretty dangerous proposition. The way their their COVID numbers are doing, so it's interesting yeah. to see how full those stadiums are. Uh, I mean, late breaking news, John. I, I assume they're going to be playing home games this season. Today is the day of listening to this, where there was a fire in Vaughn Hemingway Stadium. Assume it won't bur- it won't burn to the ground, but that is a data point. That is an interesting thing that yeah. apparently happened today. Uh, we'll see what that all entails. But so, John, tell me. I mean, before we before we talk, you know, more specifics. Look a little bit at the schedule and the roster. I guess like the the typical. You know, what what will we do in a football episode? What do you think about this team? What what's your expectation? Are you, you know, looking for improvement? 
Are they going to miss Elijah more, maybe more than some fans are accounting for right now? What do you think? Um, if they stay healthy, they can be if, – if they stay healthy, I think they're competitive in pretty much every game. The only definitive loss I see on the schedules, Alabama. I think well, A&M stuff's sweating. Say you say that, right? But, I mean – they were in the only game last year that wasn't winnable in the fourth quarter was Florida. Yeah, and that's kind of crazy. Focus home, that's gonna be that's gonna be a bear. Now, Corral. I read, I did see where Corral was actually ranked. Um, there's this. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's NFS this NFS scouting service that a lot of the NFL teams get information on, and Corral was the highest rated 22 quarterback prospect per that criteria been passed along the NFL team. So he's he's got a shot to rock it up and do things. Um, I mean, if we think about he played, except for a couple turnover-laden games, he played well last year. Even in the extra three weeks of practice between the end of the regular season and the bowl, mm-hmm. got a lot better. No Elijah Moore, no Kenny Yaboa. was really key in that game. Having a whole offseason with Kiffin now – how do Kiffin and Levy get along, work together after the whole Randy Shannon – or not Randy, um, Randy yeah, Clement. Randy Clement, the OL coach. Randy Clement's uh, yeah. impromptu firing in April. You know, that that's something that nobody's talked about for a few months that maybe there's a little bit. But I would, I would think Kiffin and Levy would – or I would hope they'd be smart to say, look, we don't have to agree on everything, but we can agree that – Focus on having a good season. That's going to benefit both of us and what we want to go off and do. Exactly. Um, I mean, I think I think Levy is a smart guy. You know, he really wanted that UCF job. Yep. Alzan got. He didn't get it. He's stuck in Oxford. Yeah, maybe he's mad at Kiffin for firing his buddy Randy, but he's a smart enough guy that I think he knows his way to his way out. His way yep. to an equal or better job is for the offense to have a, another really good season, um, yep. and specifically Corral. I mean, I, I think his role as Corral's quarterback coach alongside Kiffin, um, as well as I, I think by all accounts, they split play calling duties. It's hard to know exactly who's calling yep. plays the majority of the time, but those two things I think he will be really focused in on. Um, so it's it, – it's, you're right, though. That's something people haven't talked about that much uh, since it happened. It was definitely a big story when it happened. Um, but I just I, I think they'll both be focused. Um, I think the real – I mean, they, they, can't, they can't get hurt. You said that. They're very thin on the offensive line. They, they might be a receiver short. They're probably okay if no one gets hurt. Braylon Sanders gets hurt. They've got problems. Correct. Um, I agree with that. And they're, they're, they're thin on the offensive line. They have no backup quarterback. If Corral goes down – I mean, it's probably Plumlee well, and, Plumlee and the Rich Rod offense at that point. And, and your ceiling just got a lot lower in that case. Um, but uh, basically, all that to say, right now, assuming no injuries, I, I'm not really concerned about the offense. The defense will kind of be the story of the season, right? Yeah, the running game we, we view as a strength, but how the, the Parrish, Ely, Connor, Trio – I mean, how how creative do they get? How much how much how much pass catching out of the backfield? How much do you flex a guy out to run the slot? That's going to be that's interesting from a scheme standpoint. Tight end, they, they don't have anybody proven dynamic. They need they probably need Hudson mm-hmm. Wolf to 
grow up quick. They got a couple other, but they'll, the thing is, Kiffin and Levy will scheme stuff and be good. Um, to your point, defense is the question. A lot of turnover, a lot of positive optimism. Um, frankly, I don't think this is fair, but it kind of sounds like what we hear from the Kermit Davis uh, <laughs> camp every year. Oh, it's better. We got new players, this and that. We got to see it gel together and see what happens. I mean, I would say the good news for the defense, and we've watched a lot of Ole Miss football in our lives now. You probably more than me. You know, I wasn't an Ole Miss fan before college, but even just – we were just talking about, what, the six and a half years we've done this podcast. We've watched a lot of Ole Miss football. They I, – I struggle to imagine they could be worse than they were last year. We're, I mean, we're talking, what, one or two stops a game at most against a competent offense. I mean, they literally think, couldn't stop Alabama. They, they could not stop them once. In, in my mind, maybe I'm wrong, but that's how it felt. If they're – they probably go to become a set, top 75, 80 defense. And that's a, uh, what a, that's a big improvement over That's a year. jump, makes it competitive. If they get to, like – if they can be the 50th-ranked defense, they, they've got a team that can win nine games. If they step up – I struggle, I struggle oh, seeing how they, get, how they get there – with the defensive linemen they have. To me, that's the biggest That's the problem. biggest problem. Can they – how are they really – how are they going to be able to stop the run on key situations and pass rush is a um, little item. Although, Otis Reese himself made a difference. Yes. If you could get, you know – Yes, he did. You get a couple more people that could have that type of impact any, anywhere on the field. Ideally, it's balanced throughout. They they got I mean they got some impact transfers they they got the linebacker from Maryland Chance Campbell they got the Navy safety Jake Springer obviously Otis Reese is huge was able to play at the very end of last year um, yep. and they signed some really good freshmen at safety and cornerback um, I, I I'll be interested to see I, I do wonder if they miss Jacquez Jones a little bit I mean people were saying he went to Kentucky because he he was going to lose playing time, but still losing like a three-year contributor slash starter at linebacker. That's tough, right? I mean, that's, that's not ever good news. It's not ideal, but I think we'll, we'll find out the first couple yeah. of games. They have some bodies there or not. How good is Chance Campbell? Was Austin Keys the guy that can run around like everybody mm -hmm. talks about he can? And I mean, maybe – Maybe some of these some of these guys that redshirted last year or didn't contribute on the offensive line uh, as much can take a step with you. You I mean, we're paying a lot for assistance, right, on both sides of the ball. So y you hope these defensive coaches can find a way to get something out of some of these guys. But I don't know. I, another question is, um, you know, what what do they get out of the JUCO DTs, uh, Gordon and and Iten from Houston, and then also. You know, Taiwan Malone was kind of the the big name in last year's recruiting class. I don't think you. I don't think you're going to see much contribution from from him the first half of the year. Maybe maybe a role later. More than likely, you won't. Right, but that seems like to watch. a guy. Seems like a guy next year is going to start really looking like a good player. But right, uh, I, I I don't really I don't expect anything meaningful from him this year. Yeah, so I but, think D, D lines. The to me, D-line is the weakest part of the team. I yes. think that's pretty yes. clear. It's, it's, it's D-line, and then I think it's less important because Kevin can cover it up. But they, like you said, tight end, they don't really have 
much proven. They're better. Casey, at Casey Kelly is hurt. But yes, no, I agree. They have better recruits at tight end. They're better at tight end. And also, I think part of Kiffin's offense is he'll 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 hide the weaknesses on offense and he'll he's got he'll get a, the he's got enough playmakers scheme. Exactly. Most and so he'll figure it out. But yeah, I, I'm trying to uh I'm trying to find this post I saw about about Matt Corral and how he kind of fits into the school record book. I don't know if you read that, but basically Parham was saying that 99%, I mean, basically, even, even if he didn't play this season, but assuming he has a season equitable than what he had last season, he's the best quarterback in Ole Miss history statistically. He, he is more than five points above the school record for a career completion percentage. He is going to have more yards than Chad Kelly. Eli will finish with more career yards. Eli also played four years. Corral will be gone after this year. Uh, Passer rating, I believe he will hold the school record. Well, the Eli fans are saying this is because of inflation in the Biden era, right? That's what's going to drive the Yes, that is what the Eli fans would be talking about, I'm sure, right? Yes. Um, But it's just – it's crazy – how good Kiffin is. You were talking about, sorry, not Kiffin. I, I do think that on offense, but I meant Corral. You were talking about Corral being highly rated by these NFL teams. I think he's really under the radar nationally. I, I don't think people really appreciate how good he was statistically last year. Had a couple of crazy games, uh, LSU and Arkansas, as far as turnovers, by the way, could have won both those games. Defense, yep. if defense had a pulse, he wins the LSU game and, Arkansas game, he could have won, but that I, I won't fight anybody that Arkansas game was a really low point for Corral. Um, and they, it came out. They, they lost the Arkansas game. Yes, and and he, I mean, even Arkansas though they won. could have, they could have won yeah. it at the end, but they lost. Like they, yeah. it's they they deserve that loss. Um, yeah. He came out the next week, and I think he threw a pick on the first drive against Auburn. Uh, and credit to Kiffin, and credit to Corral for for not giving up on him at that point and sticking with him because yeah. that was really a scary time in the development of Matt Corral, but then turns around and like you said, really put it all together as the season went on. The LSU game was the last game of the regular season and he had a lot of picks there. But if you were watching that game, he was getting no help. He, he really wasn't forcing the balls the same way he was against Arkansas. Some of those were just bad luck um, situations. So I don't, I don't judge him for that game. He also made some incredible plays in that game, scored a ton of points. Um, but yeah, I think if he cuts out the Arkansas games, this year, he's going to have a special season. Um, and it will be very interesting to see what he and Kiffin can get out of these wide receivers. Because right now, based on what we saw last year from Corral and from Kiffin, I'm inclined to believe without Elijah Moore, they find a way to put up just as crazy numbers, maybe a little bit more spread out as far as what wide receivers catching the balls. But I trust both of those guys, Kiffin to scheme it and Corral to execute it to score a lot of points this year and, and gain a lot of yards. It's, it's going to be exciting. It seems. You mentioned Eli Manning. I'm going to go on a side tangent for a minute. All right. So I'm watching the first Patriot preseason game two weeks ago, week and a half ago. And I'm watching Mac Jones. I'm like, well, tall guy, length kind of, you know, not, you know, not thick, not skinny, kind of, you know, but lanky of anything. Average arm, average mobility, high football IQ, played in the SEC, or number 10. I said, I go, he's, I go, that's Eli Manning 2.0. I 
So I've been broadcasting this theory amongst all the Patriot fans up here, okay. thinking they're going to really roll their eyes, be pissed off, given the history of them, mm-hmm. uh, the Eli Manning and two Super Bowls. They've all been like, hey, we'll take two Super Bowls. And then they all go, well, how many more games would Eli Manning have won if Belichick had been his coach and his GM? Probably a considerable amount. No, absolutely so, you would have, right? Yeah. I mean, he's Especially a, he's, the he's a, GM portion of that. So, they're uh, Eli Manning 2.0 Patriot is a Patriots future. Yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. I think that comparison is apt. Uh, you think Mac Jones is going to be the guy there in Foxborough for a while? It'll be soon enough. I don't know if it'll be week one. We'll see what we'll see what Bill does. But hmm. well, just I would say just tell him hold on, give it a couple years. Yeah. Before too long, he's going to have an incredible slot receiver who can really run, mm-hmm. John Rice Plumley will be up there before too long. Belichick's going to mm-hmm. grab him. It's going to be great. He'll be, the next Edel- he'll be the next Edelman. Right. But so, that I mean, that is that is another storyline, especially, I, I think, from the outside. If you, if you saw it all a couple years ago when Plumley was the QB under Luke and Richrod and the way he ran around, led the SEC in rushing and all, you turn on an Ole Miss game this year, you see him line up at slot. It's an interesting storyline. So my question for you is, do you think that's going to be a thing? Is, is Kiffin going to find a way to get – like let's, let's say over under 500 all-purpose yards for John Rice Plumley this year. Where are you, where are you landing on that? Uh, 500? Yeah. I'm over. You're over? So you, you say that, that's, that seems good. If you can get 500 yards out of John Rice Plumley, that helps – replace Elijah Moore. How right? many passing PDs are complete? How many passing completions off trick plays? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if it's going to be, I think they're going to give him a shot at that. See, this is, I think this year is going to be really interesting because they legit. I think it's pretty, I think it could be a pretty steady slot guy. Personally. They have, they have three guys that I think are going to play slot running back like interchangeably. I think Ely, Parrish and Plumley will all be lined yep. up in the backfield and in the slot on consecutive plays multiple times. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a formation where you have two running backs, two quarterbacks and a tight end on the field for Ole Miss essentially. And like, mm-hmm. I, I would, Kiffin's going to do some crazy shit like that. I mean, he tried to be it, the modern wishbone. Yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. I mean, they're going to have like, a wildcat play where Ely takes the snap and hands it off to Plumley, and then the defense is like, wait, is he going to pass? Is he going to run? But I, I, I think uh, – I mean, here's something else, though, about, about the, what, what kind of sucks. It's the double-edged sword with Plumley, is you would love for him to actually be a threat to make a pass downfield on one of those trick plays. But if he was, he wouldn't still be at Ole Miss. You know, if he could actually throw a pass off a trick play, he'd be playing quarterback somewhere else, right? Um, because yeah. he's that good of a runner. I was asking somebody the other day, uh, did Plumley throw a single pass last season better than the Dontario Drummond pump fake pass against Florida? And the answer is no. So no. Even, it's, it's a fun idea to say you got two quarterbacks lining up, but in reality, Plumley is a running back that played quarterback under Matt. Yeah. Well, you got two lined up, uh, Net two, you got uh, Corral, you got half and half and Drummond, and you got half and Plumley. That's two there you quarterbacks. Go. There you go. So I, I think they're going to do. I think they're going to be really flexible as far. So as can they run a play where they've done a to a, a toss to Plumley 
and then he runs and hands it to Drummond, Drummond on the sweep. Drummond, Drummond throws Drummond down to someone. Throws down the sideline to Ely. I Can mean, that be the opening play against Liberty? I wouldn't be surprised that it's something like that. That's that sounds like what we should expect. Um, I think, and I think we talked about tight end. I think someone like Drummond, who's a big wide receiver, he's going to be lining up at H back probably. He's going to be lining up near the line of scrimmage. They're going to do a lot of creative stuff, and that's why it's fun right now to be an Ole Miss fan. Um, I think Drummond could be kind of a sneak. He could play like part-time tight end sort of hybrid exactly, almost. Exactly. Exactly. I, I agree. He's a big kid. Um, and then, I mean, if Braylon Sander can stay healthy all year, he's going to be a deep threat. And we haven't – we barely even said Jerry Neely's name. I mean, he's he's going to be – M- M- Mingo feels like a guy that kind of hadn't heard a lot, but does he figure it out somewhat in the season? I think Mingo is going to get some chances early on. And if he has some drops, which has been a problem for him in his career, I don't, yep. he's not going to get those looks. You know, I mean, what's crazy is we talk all the time about how Kiffin focuses on his best players, Elijah Moore last year, and he feeds them over and over. The other side of that is he's not wasting touches on people he doesn't trust. He, you know what blew my mind? Dennis Jackson in year three this year, he didn't have a single reception last year. I had no idea. That's crazy. He was targeted twice, I think. No <laughs> catches on the year. So I think, I think guys like Mingo, it's like you're going to get some chances, but I don't think Kiffin's going to be relying on these guys unless they can prove themselves. I think it's going to be Drummond, Sanders. You're going to be lining up in the slot, either Parrish, Ely, Plumley. A couple of the other guys will get looks there as well. They have a few more wide receivers. They got that kid from Western Kentucky, uh, Pearson. Uh, they have some of the younger wide receivers. You know, Mingo will get looks. Um, Dennis Jackson and Jaden Jackson. Uh, but basically, I think he's going to, in the first few games, find the guys at wide receiver he actually trusts, and they're going to be on the field a lot. I mean, that just seems to be his philosophy. Um, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. Yeah, if Sanders can stay healthy, he'll have a big year. But I think the safest bet as far as who is the – Elijah Moore of this year, the focal point that Kiffin runs through, you know, 40, 50% of offensive plays in a game, it's, it's got to be Ely. I mean, that's going to be the guy. Yep. And he, had a, he had a kick return touchdown last year against LSU, but I kind of wonder if they take him off of kick return just because you don't want to risk him getting hurt. I would put him there very selectively. It's the same with, like, it would be really fun to see Plumlee return punts, but we already talked about in reality, he's your backup quarterback. You probably don't want to throw him back there returning punts. Yeah. Doesn't really make sense. So, yeah, it's going to be a a season. Let's talk about the schedule quickly here. We kind of talked about the roster a good bit. So, Louisville and Atlanta, I think they win that game. They're favored by about a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I think that Ole Miss fans should not take this Louisville team lightly. Satterfield's a good coach. The same team and coach beat State in a bowl game two years ago when they thought they were going to rough them up under Moorhead. So mm-hmm. we'll see about that game. I think it might be a little closer than people think, but I think Ole Miss should pull away and score a lot of points in that game. Austin P, obviously a win. I kind of hate these two next games, Austin P and Tulane, because not only are they going to be easy wins, it's not even going to be fun because Kiffin's going to be hiding everything for that. You got match. the opener, which hate it, hate it. Eight o'clock on a Monday night sucks here. Not gonna lie. Yeah, um, it'll be in a half, be in a more probably at best half full 
uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and then two junk games. And then uh, the good news there, the good news there, Todd, is Mercedes-Benz on a Monday, the Chick-fil-A in the stadium is allowed to be open. That is true. That's That's the positive. Well, it'd be well, it'd be open on a Saturday too. You know. True, true. I'm just saying, for most Falcons games, it is closed. Um. So yeah, I think Louisville game should be a fun game, and then pretty much nap through september or, or get your get ready for get start building yourself up to believe you what's the, is a green day wake me up when september ends that's yeah, gonna be exactly because i think i think if assuming kiffin wins that louisville game he's gonna go super vanilla for austin p uh and for tulane and honestly if if, if i had to guess i don't think you see the quote-unquote real offense that kiffin is planning for this year until that Alabama game on October second, he will use he will he will definitely save a pl- a notable amount he'll, of play. He'll put some stuff on film against Louisville, but there will be some stuff that he is. I mean, we know how important that Alabama game is to Kim. Yep. and he he could have sold him one last year. Didn't deserve to. Doesn't really deserve to win yet. I think. What's Alabama's schedule? And I'm bouncing around, but they they got a new quarterback. Yep. Who's the coordinator now? Uh, it's it's uh, Bill O'Brien. Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so they open – maybe in Atlanta. They're playing Miami in the opener. I think that's probably – Play Miami well, right? and I believe, yeah. And so then they, they have – oh, so they, they have to go at Florida in week three. Um, yeah. And then they, they tune up with Southern Miss at home. So they'll, they'll definitely have more quality playing time and wins under their belt. By yeah, time, what's but, the – what does it look like against Miami – and at Florida, I mean, at Florida is actually a good game. Florida's a good game. Dirty, at, well, dirty, the, dirty damn. The problem is Dan doesn't have a quarterback. Um, you know that. Yeah, he's got what's his face, uh, yeah. Emory. Emory Jones. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. I don't think that's great. I think we all saw how good Mullins' Dak offense could be with an actual passer last year under Trask. So they host Ole Miss and they go two A and M. Yeah, that's, they could be looking ahead. Easiest. Could be looking ahead to College Station. That's not the easiest stretch. You told me. You told me they lost in the week of October second to ninth. That's that's very believable, right? I'm not saying Ole Miss beats them, but if if they beat Ole Miss and if it's a, a little bit of a stressful game like it was last year, and they go and lose at College Station, that's not surprising. This is Jimbo's year. That's the fifth game for them. I mean, we'll see what the quarterback is. Once again, well, once again, Jimbo doesn't have a quarterback. All these teams are should be really good. If they have Matt Corral, they'd be unbeatable. So it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting. If you – not saying this happened. I mean, not even coming close to saying this is really <laughs> – All right, cost, so you but, couched it, and I'll go ahead. But Corral – I mean, if Corral went out and had a elite year, he could. Yep. It, it the league feels like it's semi set up for if the quarterback got hot, they could win a couple. They could lead a team to a couple more wins than what you would think they would otherwise. There's not a. I mean, Alabama top to bottom is a hell of a roster, and A and M has built a steady roster. But they, yes. you know, the quarterback. The quarterback positions that I know, it's 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 kind of a twenty. I mean, I think Corral is Corral is hands down the best quarterback in the league. So the question is, who's second? Uh, what about the what about the LSU guys? Pretty good, Johnson. He ended up decent at the end of last season. He played like a few games. I think he could be good. Let's think through this. Uh, Arkansas has got the kid from North Panola. 
Uh, no idea who Tennessee's quarterback is. South, does South Carolina get that kid back from? You know what's amazing injury? is we haven't said Bo Nix yet. Oh uh, yeah, he, I mean, he ought to be. He is what stuff. he is. He's he's not bad. I think a lot of these teams are probably be lucky to have Bo Nix. He's a proven commodity, but he has he's a probably season. he's top three or four. I would think just yeah. based off. It's starting the year. The as far as prove it, it's him and Corral. I think. Oh, uh, JT JT Daniels will be there. Oh yeah, yeah, Georgia. Yep. And I mean, I I think Bama's quarterback will probably have an awesome year. Bryce Young is his name, right? He'll yep. probably have a great year. He just he hasn't done it yet. Yep. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, the crazy thing is that uh, Kevin won a national championship with that running back when he was at Bama. Dan typically gets a lot out of quarterbacks, Dirty Dan, but I don't, I don't know. Th- I think Jones has. I think Emory Jones though. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I, it's it's the league is is weird this year, but I think for Ole Miss the question is: you got the best quarterback, you got a great offensive coach. What can Dirty Durkin do with that defense? Can it can he, can he find a way to get them in the top seventy five? Because if so, that's Top sixty feels like the threshold for really having a a special season. I think they're in the, if they're in the top seventy-five and the offense stays healthy, that's that's nine and three. And we didn't finish with the schedule, but I think you got three wins, lose to Bama, beat Arkansas, you got four wins. I think Kiffin wins at Tennessee five. Yeah, I think he kills. The them. schedule kind of sets up because LSU comes to Oxford. I think Ole Miss probably hates they lost that game last it's, year. At Auburn, at Auburn's tough. Joel, that's, that's tough. I'm at the point, Ole Miss, Ole Miss doesn't win in Jordan Air until I see it happen. I just. But so like, <laughs> give, them, give them losses to Bama, Auburn, and A&M, and they're still nine. I think, I think you lose one of LSU or Auburn, and let's assume they, they lose A&M and Bama. That's still nine wins, though. You only have to win one toss-up to get to – you'll be favored in every game except it- for – to go Auburn, Liberty, A&M, Vandy State to end the year. Liberty's yeah, and, and, and no bye weeks. That's tough. But but still, I think you're, you're favored in, in eight games. And so if you win one of the toss-ups, let's assume LSU or Auburn, that's nine wins in year two. That's pretty good. I mean, that's yep. that's impressive. But then you have, to, you have to not shit the bed. Arkansas and Oxford at Starkville. We'll see what that state team is like at the end of the year. I just – I don't know. Thanksgiving it, night, I don't like it, but we'll see. At, at the same time, I'm not scared of State's offense. I think they have a good defense. I think our defense will hopefully get better as the year goes on, right? So if you stay healthy, I think you, you win that game when you're favored. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a crazy schedule. I mean, it's, it sets up for nine wins, in my opinion. There's a path to it. I mean, I guess at Knoxville could be something, but I, I wasn't really I blown so. away think, by that hire. And that roster's been in bad shape I think for a Ross while. I think this is a yeah. This is the year that they take their lumps. Uh, it should be fun. It should be fun storyline wise. Get Kiffin back in Knoxville. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, what do we? It's interesting. I think Alabama's the favorite. I think it's Alabama and A and M are the top two in the West. Beyond that, you can argue it a number of different ways. LSU's the third best roster. Um, then you probably go Ole Miss, Auburn, mm-hmm. Arkansas State. I think 
I think the Auburn's, East. Auburn's the better <laughs> roster. Georgia, the class of the East, pretty clearly, um, in theory. I think Mullen's the best coach in the East, and Georgia's the best mm-hmm. roster. Yeah, and Georgia's and, probably got the best quarterback of the group. Of the and I've over seen there. a lot of people saying that Kentucky is is prime for a good year this year, but they also lost like a bunch of depth and like a well, what, what robbery. Does th- what third in the East mean? Let's think yeah. about this. Mm-hmm. Carolina dumpster fire. Let's just be honest. Vanderbilt, the, the Vanderbilt. That's well, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. It'll be nice for Angie. Um, <laughs> I mean, they got a new coach, thank God. Florida, they got rid of Mason, but it'll be a while. It feels like the year that Florida can't – that Mullen doesn't get more out of a quarterback than he typically does. Tennessee. So, Carolina, Tennessee, Vandy. Mm. I mean, Kentucky and Mizzou. Mizzou – I mean, well, Mizzou feels like the random sleeper. When did Kentucky and Missouri play? I'll be the battle for third and East. <laughs> Could even steal second if they beat Florida. Shit. What? So did I'm trying to remember because I could go either way. Did Kentucky get over the hump and beat Florida? Or they still haven't. They did. They beat they? them two years ago. Two years ago. <coughs> two years okay, ago, yep. and that was the first time in like 20 years or something, or longer. Okay. Yeah, like 21 or 30 years. Yeah, or something. I mean, I, you got to think this is probably the year, at least for a while. SEC Network, week two, 7.30, prime time right. uh, on uh, September 11th. That's Missouri-Kentucky? Missouri at Kentucky. Big game. Huh. Who's Missouri's quarterback? Winner of that game could finish second in the East. Yeah? I have no idea. Some do, but you know, <laughs> they got Eli drinking. change See, I liked, I liked the hire. But he's like such a dork. It's it's kind of it's kind of he's worn thin. A, for he's me. such a goob. He fits him though. Yeah, it's kind of worn thin for me. He's I do, like I do, man. I do love how when they announced, you know, Texas and Oklahoma potentially coming to the SEC, the two schools that immediately freaked out were Missouri and A and M. Just the the, yeah. the inferiority complex is there. Just hilarious to see that. Especially A and M, which I mean, you think? Do you think the league regrets adding Missouri? I just they, want to congratulate A and M on finding a great fit for their athletic director with Little Ross. Really <laughs> yes, do. no, that's so that's so true. They're good for each other. No, but yeah, no, seriously, do you better. think? Do you think if whoever I don't know who who you would even be asking, but let's say the hypothetical. SEC embodiment. You can do it again. You don't take Missouri again, right? That's been a flop. No, that was the wrong choice. I mean, I could see kind of what they're not were doing. bad enough. You're going to run them out, but you, you get a you get a respectable, not the right choice. Academic school, Missouri, the state is a decent population center, you know, but they just haven't done really anything in any sport. Well, they won the East the first two years they were in. Yeah, but the East was even worse back then than it is now. But they still made it to Atlanta. Yeah, I remember that. They've made it to Atlanta more times in less than 10 years in the league than the Mississippi schools have combined. So they got that going for them. I think if all missiles in the East, they could have gone once in the last 10 years. I mean, Hugh Freeze would have gone if he was in the East. I don't know. Hugh Freeze. Hugh, Hugh, Freeze. Freeze, Hugh Freeze beat Georgia's ass in a five and Hugh seven. Hugh Freeze beat the shit out of Georgia. He beat Alabama back to back years. And he would have won also, the East. Also had some also had some very befuddling moments. Yeah. No, that's true. I, I think he probably could have found a way to win the East. He almost won the West. 
He lost to Memphis. Fourth and 25. Uh, Memphis is not in the SEC, John. That has no bearing on going to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, but it's Hugh Freeze. Yeah. I mean, speaking of, are, are we excited for that Liberty game? Um, I don't know. That, that's, people like the quarterback, so may, could could be a battle of first-round draft picks. <laughs> I think it'll be funny. I, I can't wait to see that dumbass on the sidelines again. I mean, assuming he's mobile. It, at worst case, we'll see him in the press Did box. Did Ole Miss do any kind of recognition tribute at all? I, I, if they do, if they do. I, I, I Keith Carter and Mike Bianco, whatever, you do what you got to do. Keith Carter, I think, was in a tough spot there. You can't fire Bianco because McDonald's not coming then. But if they recognize you freeze, that is pathetic. That is sad. I don't. I don't think they should. I think they ought to, you know, he's there. They go through it. It's treated like any other game. Yeah, he left, he left Ole Miss in a terrible position. And it's, it's not just off the field. If they stuff. bring back the 2015 Sugar Bowl winning team at some point, Hugh's not coaching and wants to show up and be a part uh, of that, then that's fine. I, to me, that's fine. He should not be, you know, he shouldn't be recognized for anything. When he comes back, you mean uh, Laramie Tunsil and a bunch of I don't know what account is. I don't know what the rest of the team is doing now, but Laquan's Kim, on a team the, somewhere. The, the Laquan, Laquan, Laquan's a Jaguar, right? Kim Dietz a musician. Tony Connor's a high school coach. Uh, it's it's interesting how you know how little you see those guys. Kind of really, um, you know. Evan Ingram, how it kind of sums up all the dysfunction. Oh, I forget. Well, Evan Ingram was on that team, but he 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 stayed he a senior. Her- right, 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 right. He was on that team, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess I forgot all about him. He should. I mean, is he he could have a good season again this year? It's been a while since I feel like he's been that noteworthy. Well, Daniel Jones is dog shit. We're gonna finally that's, come. To- that's tough. That's tough for him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got my Tunsil Texans jersey, so. Whatever. I don't know who he's. I don't know who he's blocking for, but you know he'll be there. Uh, that's a good question. Who is, who's the backup to massage? Uh, the massage man. Uh, I used to know. I think they drafted somebody. I don't know. It used to be like AJ like Tyrod Taylor or something. Yes, you're right. It's Tyrod Taylor. Yep, hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. All right. So we talked about that. Texas and Oklahoma are playing in the SEC in 22. That's my that, feeling. That you, is you that is that? the strong that is the strong current right now. It's, Did you study or listen to people talk about the alliance at all? The the alliance. So I asked about this. I I asked like, can anyone explain to me what exactly the alliance accomplishes? Parham went through it in detail on their pod. Give them correct. Are they going to refuse? Is is the alliance going to refuse to play non-conference games with the SEC? So they're not going to prohibit you from scheduling, but they they're all agreeing that they're going to play one. So if you're an ACC team, you're going to play one Big Ten, one Pac-12. Oh. So what they're all what they're all talking about doing is going to an eight-team conference schedule. Some of them are at nine right now, hmm. and then then you got two other mandatory. Uh-huh. So now you're at ten. Power five games. I mean, it's which, fun from the matchup perspective. The SEC completely, but but shuts them out. Now, here's the the kicker. Learned this this earlier this week. 
the Big Ten TV deal with Fox. Fox has money. Big Ten's Big Ten's the second most powerful. Right. League. right. It's not even really close. Really, there's the SEC. There's the Big Ten, and then you, then you got to drop to the ACC. Then you got and but those three leagues still strike me as viable. You got to drop to the Pac-12, which is borderline, and the Big 12s in the process of imploding, as we know. Um, the Big Ten TV deal with Fox expires after the 22 season. So, are they going to pull together some people and go with try to get with Fox and you know, basically get in a bidding war with SEC? At the yeah, SEC, see, I would be. Are you, you going to have two factions built, or is ESPN going to be able to become the sole dictator? I think I think Fox keeps their quote unquote half of the the teams. If I'm in charge of college football, I want both networks putting a lot of money in because what Correct. if one network, Correct. you know, ESPN's one ESPN's one idiot employee scandal from you well, know. ESPN right now with the SEC is clearly doing the Uber model, right? Which is like we're gonna lose money on every ride because we think we can force the other companies out of business and then get all we can monopolize it and all price. full circle later. 100%. I mean ESPN's plan is to to slowly drive Fox Sports or whoever else, you know, out of the picture, have all the premier matchups. They already control the playoff, which is a huge advantage. Um, plus the SEC and they got rid of SEC on CBS. It's all ESPN now. Uh, and then they'll a couple just, years away, but yeah. Right, right. I mean, it's coming. And then they'll just pay the teams less and they'll charge the subscribers more. I mean, that's the model. If I was the Alliance, if I'm an Alliance member, a lesser school football-wise, are you not a little worried that they're going to reformulate and make one really good conference out of those three conferences for football? I'm the Big Ten, I'm worried about Michigan and Ohio State bolting to go to the SEC. Yes. And they get you to 18. Notre Dame could join or they could stay independent depending on how they want to do it. And beyond that, I mean. Well, I mean, you talked about the Alliance not playing against SEC teams. If you're the SEC and you go to a nine-game conference schedule, do you really care if the other three are nobodies? Does it really matter? I'm not sure that it matters. Doesn't matter. Especially if the the playoff expands. The SEC expands. The playoff expands. You're guaranteed two, oftentimes, maybe half the time, three of the eight are going to be SEC teams. It'd be like the Premier League and the Champions League. Yeah, 100%. It, it will be. I, I do think that the SEC is banking on the playoff expanding with this expansion. If that doesn't happen, it's not as great of a spot. But there's still I good th- money. I, I do think we're headed for consolidation in college football because the other aspect, and we haven't talked about this at all, this NIL – Oh yeah, um, I I I think this is the well. There's multiple angles here. First of all, the concept of student athletes being able to monetize themselves, I completely support. I I, I completely support the concept. The the issue I see with this dynamic though is the the amount of schools that can afford to pay at the let's say the top two or three tiers i think is two dozen or less 
Yep. Um, and we could, I mean, we can spend as little or as much time as you want going around and really talking about who can afford to pay. Like I think Ole Miss can barely pay enough to keep it interesting, but I really, right. I think, I think the poor get poor and the rich get rich in this situation. I think you're going to have wealth, you know, the equivalent of wealth disparity. Um, because I mean, the court, there's a, we haven't, like, it's been so, I haven't recorded this year. When Ohio State gets a senior high school senior in the state of Texas to forego their senior year to enroll early so they can get an extra million dollars in NIL money, right? that says a lot. When Nick Saban's saying, uh, what the hell is their quarterback's name? Uh, Bryce Young, right? Bryce Young's getting a million dollars in NIL. How many schools can set that up? Now, mm-hmm. Clemson guys got what, Dr. Pepper and Bojangles? I mean, this yeah. is going to get – I mean, Arch Manning's going to have like 400 of them, but I mean, we'll see. Oh, so, total side note, talking with Table Cobbleson about this. Mm-hmm. Number one all time Ole Miss athlete that, to be a library NIL person, Marshall Henderson, not even a debate. We just need to give a shout out to Marshall for that. Oh, man. Yeah, that would have been too good. Marshall Henderson in the time of NIL. <laughs> Would have been incredible. It's. I think all library NIL twenty two would be a fascinating roster to establish. Doctor <laughs> Tate said that's probably its own pod. Yeah, that's it. That, that's maybe that an off season. That's maybe an off season episode. That's an right? off season topic. Do that type. Um, the all funkies team. The all. Uh, you know, just the all Oxford NIL teams. We'll oh, see what comes out of this so season, but that'll be good. That's so good. I yeah. think Matt Corral needs Cannon Meffin Motors. He's got to be in a commercial. So you, I, I'm curious. You think, um, you think Corral announces something, some sort of partnership for the beginning of the season? I kind of lean towards they do. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you haven't heard one yet. Now I'm surprised. But well, you don't. You probably don't know about this because you don't. You never lived in South Central Texas. But HEB does these commercials here that are famous, where you get all the stars from the teams and they're all hanging out, like cooking food from HEB. So it'd be like. You know, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Yuli Gurriel for the, or it'll be, it'll, it'll be like, you know, James Harden and Russell Westbrook uh, or Deshaun Watson. You know, I, if I was C Spire, I would have a commercial in Mississippi right now that's like Corral and Will Rogers, whoever the Southern Miss quarterback is, pay him each, you know, 25, 50 grand and air that the whole football season. I'm kind of surprised they aren't doing that. Um, Maybe but, they are. We just, we just haven't seen it yet. I think something like that. If you if something came out with Corral before the beginning of the season, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean another another off season storyline is just the the COVID vaccination. Ole Miss one of the one of three teams to reach 100 percent publicly. Um, it's it's good on Kevin from a competitive standpoint because you don't have to get tested the same way. Um, and then also it's just, uh, it's impressive. He was able to coalesce the team around that goal. Um, I'm relieved. I mean, whatever you think about COVID and vaccinations, I'm relieved as a fan that they don't have to be tested every week with the chance of having a game canceled. Yeah. It's a competitive advantage deal. Absolutely. And I think that's probably I how think, we pitched I, it. I think in the past four to six weeks, this whole Delta variant thing, it's the, well, the, the choice not to get vaccinated, which everybody has and should be respected from my, my, I think should be respected, but it's, it's a hard pillar to stand on. Yeah. I mean, respect it or don't respect it. It's a choice. You have a history of reaction, sensitivity to medications, any 
um, immunization. I get it, but it's that's about that, that would be about it. It's yeah, like I, respect it. it or don't respect it. It's a choice people are making currently, so it is what it is. But I think if you're a fan of Ole Miss, you're you got to be happy that they did that. And then I think if you're someone that sees the vaccine as a path to kind of get through some of these really painful surges, it's also nice to, to do that in the state of Mississippi as kind of an, an example. But honestly, people are so entrenched. I really doubt anybody in Mississippi that was on the fence about vaccination got a vaccine because Ole Miss and Kiffin got them. But still, I think it's the right thing to do. So kudos to Coach and uh, got some good PR out of it as well, some national PR. So interesting. It was it was unexpected. I and, Who would and, have ever thought Lane Kiffin be on MSNBC, but it happened. Well, and – you know, I think this is fitting for our show. What maybe the last thing I'll end on here is a little kind of deep Ole Miss journalistic beat. Uh, I was surprised at how wrong McCready was about that whole thing. And he is, he is on the record as an anti-vaxxer, anti-masker, his website. He's all over it in the off season, but those takes, uh, but is interesting to me because he was basically saying, that Ole Miss was pretty far from even the, the cutoff, 80% or whatever, uh, the same day that it came out, they were at 100%, according to Kiffin. So I think it's interesting. I, I think this staff is really keeping the local reporters in the dark. And they're the they, Yeah, they don't give two shits about taking care of the local media. I, I think I think you're not going to. We've mentioned we've mentioned one outlet, but I think I, I think that outlet's probably viewed in a more positive light than some of the others from yeah. the staff standpoint, which I got zero qualms. I I mean, part of it's uh, part of it's professional life. How time consuming. I don't have time to go dig through every detail on the message right. board. Um, I don't care if I really don't care what they say. What the hell they? Well, claim. I think Kiffin Kiffin is they're they're. they're they're misleading injuries. He's about to say uh, that. Yeah, I mean, it's very Saban-esque. They're actually like a hockey team. I like it. Is that that's a hockey thing? I wouldn't know, but yeah, I mean, there's supposedly well, hockey, hockey. It's upper body, lower body. That's as much detail as they get into. But we're not even getting. We 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 haven't even got Belichick any knowledge of it yet. And, and Bill Belichick in an injury report. Whoa. Braylon Brown, apparently, someone people are really excited about, freshman receiver is out for the year per a lot of people. Kiffin refuses to say a word about it. Has nothing to say about it. Says we've lost no significant people. So I, yeah, I, it's people the, that were going to have significant playing. model. Yeah, it's the Saban model. Um, but yeah, that's good. Saban's won a lot of games. I don't think as a Ole Miss fan, you can get too upset if, if Kiffin's sounding like Saban. But yeah, I mean, I think that's it, John. I think we kind of went around the SEC in 80 days there and it touched on this Ole Miss team a lot. I'm excited. I know – you're uh, traveling next week, but hopefully you, you're planning to plop down somewhere on uh, September 6th and take this game, man. I'm yep. excited. I'll be back in New Hampshire for that. So You said it. It kind of sucks being on a Monday night, but whatever. It's going to be a lot of eyeballs. I don't think there's going to be any competition that night as, uh, as far as football. No, it's, it is a standalone game. Uh, a chance for a, a bit of a showcase can corral, well, indoor, fast turf, uh, ACC, you know, me, me, fairly mediocre defense. I mean, this was wasn't it, it was a uh, it was like the similar situation with Florida State, right? That game that and, they, a, and a quarterback that can play, so that we'll know what the we'll see if the deep we'll get a good get a feel for the defense. 
I think it should be a fun game. I mean, no, I think- we didn't. We didn't talk about this. Uh, place kicker will be interesting. Yep, Caden Costa. I think the whole the whole kicking the whole kicking game. I'm kind of curious who to see. The- who was the punter? I was trying to think of that myself. I have no I clue. I, I, I think Costa punted and kicked in high school. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things that Kiffin walked in, needed to upgrade, and we didn't have time to talk about all of them. I was the defense of the big one. He had a horrible kicker in Luke Logan. We've all lived through that. Uh, so hopefully – but it'll be interesting to see because I, I think a lot of what we saw last year with Kiffin and fourth downs – he, he doesn't really want to lose that. I think he does believe in going forward on fourth down, even in field goal. He's an range. analytic guy. Yep. Yeah. So even with a, a kicker with a pulse, I'll be interested to see how often they still go for fourth down this year. So it's going to be exciting, man. I, I, I love watching his offenses and Corral is a joy to watch. So I'm just going to enjoy it and, and hope they stay healthy and probably in for a lot more, uh, you know, high pressure games like last season. See how it goes. Yeah. We'll, uh, it, it, this should be, I mean, last year it was a fun team to watch. At the minimum, they ought to be mm-hmm. a more competitive version of last year. And That's the plan. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, that was it. The first Landsharks After Dark episode of 2021. Anybody out there listening, we appreciate you. We're probably uh, friends with you. So, hope you're doing well. I don't think we have a, that many other listeners. But even if you don't know us, thank you for listening. Um, and yeah, hopefully it'll be a fun season. And something I know about me and John is if it's a fun season or winning games, we're probably a lot more likely to want to do a podcast. So maybe we'll be talking to you again before too long, but enjoy the rest mm-hmm. of your off season. John, it was great catching up with you, buddy. Uh, looking forward to September 6th. And yeah, otherwise guys, uh, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Smoke weed, talk shit like Lane Kiffin. Whole country in recession, but Wayne different. Huh? And I'm a Maybach rider, haven't drove it one time. I got a cool black driver, can't walk around with guns. I got a dude that got him, don't worry if I'm shooting long as you get shot. And I'm a beast, I'm a pit bull. I get my ass kissed, I get my dick pulled. I'm a beast, I'm a big bull. I got my money right, I got my clip full. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.